When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Manchester! Wembley, Rotterdam, Barcelona, Moscow, Stockholm. The set has been completed. Manchester United are Europa League champions. And if Mourinho has his way, our treble winners, perhaps the worst treble of all time. But nevertheless, in a terrible, tragic week for Manchester as a city, this game was both irrelevant and so important. It mattered so little, but it was so special. Manchester as a city became United. One of the greatest cities in the world, that is. And on Wednesday night, the great city's finest product completed the set, lifting a 43rd trophy. So... On Series 2, Episode 39 of the Manchester United Weekly Podcast, we talk that Europa League final victory. So, Jack, it's uh, it's the worst treble in history, but it was a brilliant night in 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 the Robinson household with me for all the Reds in Stockholm, Manchester, and, and across the world. I mean, trophies is what it's all about, isn't it? One hundred percent, brilliant night in Stockholm. Look like an absolute party for all the United fans there. Just so happy that we've managed to finally secure Champions League football. And you know what? As as Mourinho said after the game, even Tottenham would probably swap their seasons for us now because nothing beats the glory of winning a trophy. And despite how disappointing the league campaign has been, this makes makes the whole season worth it. Really. Yeah, I've got. I did tweet of a week a few a few weeks ago. I think we might make this a a regular thing. And. Uh, this week it's from Jamo, uh, at Jamo underscore MuckG underscore. And he, say, he says, I'm just gutted we've qualified for the Champions League by winning a trophy rather than beating Middlesbrough at home. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I think that, that sums it up nicely. It, it's not the trophy we wanted to be in and we won it. So, I mean, what else, what else can you really do in the Europa League? I was thinking about this last night and it, what, what's incredible and ridiculous is that I'm 16 years old. I was born in this millennium, and I've, I've seen my football club win every single trophy possible. I mean, the Premier League, Champions League, Europa League, Club World Cup, League Cup, FA Cup, and Community Shield. If you're stretching it, I mean, there are clubs going around who haven't won a trophy for 70 years or, or even ever. Um, lucky, lucky, lucky to support United. Um, for for however boring it's sometimes been this season, it's ended up in in a brilliant fashion. Yeah, it's incredible that really that we've managed to win every single trophy possible this millennium. It's just crazy to think about how how lucky we all, we all are to enjoy watching such a successful club so often. I think one one of the things that really struck me about last night was not only 
first of all, it was a very good performance, but how much it seemed to mean to all the players as well. I think they really understood what the significance of this game was outside of just this game, not only with the events, obviously the terrible events of Monday, but for the club moving forward as well, because I think this will be a real stepping stone for us. And I think it was a very defining moment, perhaps, of the next five or ten years in the way that this club now moves forward. It was it was brilliant to, to see us finally get some some silverware that I think we're actually all happy to to get, you know, the League Cup, the Community Shield, you know, they they weren't the biggest trophies. Not the Europa League obviously isn't the competition we want to be in. We were in it because of last season. That's not on this group of players, or some of them, but not entirely this group of players. It's not on this current manager, and we've ended up winning it and securing ourselves Champions League football. So you can't really ask for much more, honestly. Um, and like I said, after after the events of Monday, it wasn't. There was no better way for the city of Manchester to show a response. Yeah, exactly. I was talking about for, for for the millennium, but I mean for Jesse Lingard, he's won four trophies in in eighty three games at United, as has Marcus Rashford. Been about. Yeah. I mean, since the FA Cup final, Rashford's won the FA Cup, Community Shield, Europa League, and, and League Cup in about forty games. He's nineteen <laughs> and has and has four trophies to the name, albeit probably the the worst four trophy <laughs> trophies he could possibly have. But at the same time, and yet, I mean, this isn't the the season we want to be having. But it's I'd I'd rather have this in top four. The only the only sort of team we'd swap our season for yeah. is Chelsea. And obviously, not only was it great to win a trophy, it was just a, a brilliant night overall. There were there were just some magic moments. Um, Mourinho celebrating with his son, diving all across the pitch. The the multiple renditioners of. Manchester, 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 or Manchester, la la la. Rashford and Lingard running away with the trophies. Two Mancunian lads having, just having the time of their lives. Paul Pogba dancing his way down the touchline before conducting the United fans. I mean, I'll play the clip now. Just just listen to Pogba celebrating with a with a trophy for a bit. This was him in the in the corner of the Friends Arena with all the travelling Reds. Yeah, it was it was just a, a fantastic night to be a United fan, and I mean, Marino came out after the game and said, uh, "Football is not for for enjoying it; it's about winning." I mean, wh- what do we think of that? Because we all complained about the style of football last season. We've got a question that we'll we'll mention in a second, sort of on this theme um, from Alexander Young, and it is football is about winning, particularly as a United fan, because that's sort of all we've ever known for the last. 27 years not for the older United generation but at the same time you you do want to be enjoying it I think there's been a lot of discussion obviously about Mourinho's style of football this season and it's obviously a very big topic and something that's kind of plagued him I guess throughout his managerial career my my take on it is that this season I I can let the the style of play slide it this this season was all about us making it back into the Champions League and we've now done that, which is great. And we need to be, thank our lucky stars, A, that we managed to get in through the Europa League, but B, that we, we've managed to managed to do that now and hopefully can, can kick on from here. I think the style becomes more important 
you know, a year or two down the line when Mourinho has had time to really make this team his own and there really can't be any complaints from anyone about the way that we play. For me, football is still primarily about winning and especially in big games or in finals, I don't mind us playing a little, playing more defensively if it gets if it gets us a victory. Because at the end of the day, for, for me anyway, like a lot of the enjoyment of football comes from when your team wins. You obviously want to see a nice spectacle as well if you can, but primarily I want to see us get get a victory in every single game that we play. And so in the bigger games, I really don't mind us playing defensively when we're playing either teams that are, are better than us on, on paper or you know kind of equal to us or in finals and semi-finals maybe. I think generally week to week, we need to see a better style of play, especially against kind of the lesser teams. You know, a lot of our performances, especially at Old Trafford this season, have been pretty dire, to be honest. And that needs to change very, very quickly. And I think I think it will change. It's just a case of making sure that this summer we go out and we get the players that we need and really just trusting in the squad that we can go out and play expansive football and, and still get the victories that we that we require. Yeah, I mean, you've sort of answered Alexander Young's question there. Uh, he tweeted us at 56 minutes in, we were 2-0 up, and he says, I know it's premature, but do we see Mourinho changing Man United's style of play next season? Because this is a drag. Um, now, firstly, uh, I mean, for, for me in a final, it, nothing can be a drag. I mean, you're, you're, you're so nervous at 2-0 up and so happy that all the emotions together make you sort of forget everything on the pitch. So... I got messages from non-United mates saying this is the worst final ever. But for me, it, it was so tense despite us sort of dominating the game. I mean, I had about one chance, but that still sort of struck the fear into me. Um, do we see Marino changing United's style of play next season? Yeah. Um, we, I mean, we talk about him as a defensive manager. Certainly, he's one to, to sort of stop the risk. Uh, to reduce risk as much as possible. But at the same time, he's had some fantastic attacking sides. Um, we've got some fantastic attacking players. He's going to bring in some fantastic attacking players, including possibly six out of ten Antoine Griezmann, um, who has been teasing United fans in the, in the last week. Um, he said before the Europa League final, he's a six out of ten chance of joining Man United. Um, you would assume that has, has gone up by two or three. Now we have won the trophy and are in the Champions League. I mean, this is this is why it had so many things to it, not just winning the, the, the tournament, not just lifting the trophy and not just representing the city of Manchester on a, on a world scale and, and really bringing the city together for one night in, in a tragic week. But also, it was a fantastic way for Rooney to end his United career if, if this is the end. Um, it was a brilliant performance from Paul Pogba. It gets us in the Champions League. That's the obvious one. With that, potentially comes Antoine Griezmann. This final meant so much to Man United that for now we don't care about the style of play. Do we think it will change? Well, this this will probably help it in changing. And to, to be fair, when if you think back to earlier parts of the season, at, at the start of the season, and it, certainly before we went on that terrible run of results after the, the defeat to City, and, and then a little bit after that as well, we actually did play some decent football at the start of the season. It wasn't as dire as, if, as a lot of people were making it out. I think what changed was then when we failed to, to turn some of those good performances into good results and with all the draws at Old Trafford against lower teams, 
And when we really kind of started to fall out of uh, title contention, this was pretty early on in the season, it seemed like then it was when we really kind of changed, started to change our style a little bit. And there have been periods in the season where we have, have played some very good football. We just obviously haven't been able to put away those chances. It's something we've been saying all season. And so I think there is a, a willingness from the players and from the manager to to change the style. But I think at the end of the day, Mourinho is still a pragmatist. And I think he, he will still value victories over nice football, per se. But that's not to say that one won't necessarily come with the other in a year or two down the line when Mourinho really has his squad in front of him. He has all the players that he wants. And there are no more excuses. We can't be saying, oh, you know, this isn't his season, it isn't his team, he's not moulded this team in the way he wants yet. By that point, it will be completely his team. He will have his mark on it. And by that point, if we're still not playing good football, kind of general fixtures, then I would start to be worried. Yeah. I think one of the one of my favourite bits about Wednesday night was seeing Mourinho just so, so ridiculously happy. It was it was really strange seeing him have a smile. And not just a... Not just a sort of a, a brief smile at, or a little smirk at a decision or something. It was a full-on smiling constantly, walking down the pitch, jumping up and down with his son, rolling on the floor. He's been he's been like the, the Morrissey of football, just horrendously depressing, but a lot of the time kind of right um, in, in, the, in the last few weeks uh, and a lot of the time a genius. Now I think hopefully we can see a, a more pleasant Mourinho and he can keep that that sort of uh, the connection with the United fans he's had, but start having a smile on his face. It was it was so brilliant seeing him celebrate with Pogba and Zlatan coming on the pitch, and that, that brilliant moment where Zlatan had his picture taken in front of that um, that banner that said Zlatan stay at Man United and you can shag my wife. <laughs> De- definitely winner of banner of the evening. Um, it, it was just in general there were so many. Um, I said there were so many brilliant moments. I forgot about twenty of them. The, the more the Mourinho stuff and Zlatan and uh, I think there was many we had a pretty good five-a-side team of players on crutches um, <laughs> joining us on the yeah. pitch as well yeah it was it was great to see all the other players come on at the end of the at the end of the game and celebrate with everyone else I actually didn't realize a lot of them were uh, were there on the on the sidelines until very late on in the game and if that is to be as you said Rooney's last game and Zlatan Ibrahimovic obviously maybe leaving in the summer, then what a way for them to go out. And there just seemed to be a real togetherness with all, with all of the players there um, together at the end. And so many people, it reminded me of how many people weren't able to play in that um, in that final and how many players have contributed to, to that Europa League run in our season generally. People like Marcus Rojo, obviously Ibrahimovic, Luke Shaw coming on at the end as well. It hasn't had the greatest of seasons, but... All of, all of these people that you kind of forget about now that they're not playing, but there's been a lot of people that have, have contributed to that to our season, the, this Europa League run. And at the end of the day, no matter how bad our league campaign has been, and it has been very, very bad at times, and Mourinho himself said, I quite like this from Mourinho, the honesty of it, when he said after the, after the game that we were the worst team in the world at times this season. And we really were. But <laughs> it makes it all worth it now that... We had we did put all our eggs in in the Europa League basket and it's paid off, and now we can look forward to being back in the Champions League where we belong next season, and hopefully we can actually go relatively far in that competition at least make it past you know the first couple of knockout stages hopefully. Yeah, we've got a question on that later, so we'll come on to to the Champions League um 
uh, nearer the end of the episode. But I mean, let's just, uh, as you say, it was a, it was a massive gamble to throw everything at the Europa League, and it, it's been vindicated for Mourinho. Uh, although at times it didn't seem like it would when John Gadetti was fluffing his lines on the edge of the penalty area. Let, I mean, let's talk about the, the game itself rather than just uh, the sort of celebrations and the aftermath and the impact of it. Um, Marouane Fellaini absolutely bossed it. I, I lost count of the times I, I jokingly compared him to Zidane and by the end I was weighing up whether Fellaini has eclipsed Zidane now. <laughs> yeah, he had a brilliant game, honestly. We 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 spoke about him a little bit in our uh, preview of the game and said you know we expect him to start. We we were a bit worried about it, but he ended up putting in arguably his best performance in a in a United shirt, honestly. Um, and we've obviously as have probably all Man United fans during the time he's been here been been very very harsh on Marouane Fellaini, and quite rightly so a lot of the time. You know he's he's definitely not. I don't think a, a Man United player, um, quote unquote. But I, I think, especially this season, he's had a much better season than normal. And we genuinely have benefited from him in, in some games. He's not been quite as rash as he sometimes is. I'm not saying he's never been rash, because he has at some points. But he's he's become a little bit less rash. And on the ball, I think he's com- become a little bit more composed. And when we use him, which, to be fair, Mourinho has done more so than Van Gaal or David Moyes before him, in a role further forward where his primary role is to relieve pressure from us by bringing down those long balls from goal kicks or when we're under pressure, then he really has been utilised in that way. He really has been a, a good midfielder for us at times this season. And, you know, he's played a lot of games, come up with some important goals too, um, you'll remember. So credit to Fellaini. It was a great performance in the in the final and, probably caps off his best season in a United shirt. I still hope that it is his last season in a United shirt, but if it is, then what a way to go out for him. Herrera actually got the the man of the match. Fellaini was my man of the match. Some people suggested it was Matteo Darmian. Uh, others suggested Chris Smalling, who, with Van yeah. Gaal in attendance, suddenly turned back to, to the Mike Smalling we all used to know and love. It was, it was a strangely... I mean, when you think about it, the best performances came from our defensive players despite Ajax having very little Smalling, Darmian, Valencia played very well, Fellaini, Herrera and Rashford, Mkhitaryan, Mata did did much less. Um, it, it was a really strange final wasn't it? Yeah it was quite a strange final. It The time kind of seemed to fly by without too much happening but I always felt like that we were in control of the game but we were perhaps letting Ajax come onto us a little bit too much but we were in control for the vast majority of the game. And, I mean, on you mentioned Darmian there. I think Darmian may have just saved his United career with that performance. We, we spoke about him a little bit in the last episode and we said that he's been better in the last few weeks and maybe even the last couple of months. And this was really the culmination of that. It's probably his best performance in a United shirt ever. Um, and he really proved why Mourinho has kept faith with him. He's very versatile, can play right back, centre back, left back. And whichever role he, he's filled in the last couple of months, he's played it very, very well. And he kept Bertrand Traore shackled very, very well last night. Pretty much whenever he got, whenever he got the ball, he was he was straight on him. Damian had a brilliant game. And Herrera just, you know, there was the end of a brilliant season for him, deservedly our, our player of the year. And this was the performance to cap it all off, really. He was our midfield general, as it were. And I'm very, very pleased with him because he... A performance was just what he deserved after how good his season has yeah. been. 
Um, I'm, I'm going to play another clip here of this was uh, firstly it's Marwan Fellaini being cheered by by the Man United fans, and then Ander Herrera lifts the trophy in front of the the United end at the Friends Arena and starts dancing to his own song, sort of jumping up and down <laughs> with this ridiculous smile on his face. I mean, I, I disagree that Herrera has been our, our player of the season. I would have given it to, uh, firstly, Antonio Valencia, um, then Zlatan Ibrahimovic, then Bay, then Pogba, and then Herrera. Uh, I've, I've sort of slipped that Pogba in there without controversy. I'm sure someone will tweet me later this week very angry at that suggestion. Uh, but we'll explain that because we'll have a season review out in, uh, in, the, in the next week or so. Um, but yeah, it was... We said that we needed uh, not not the same uh, style of players against Chelsea in that 2-0 win, but we needed a performance of, of that level, of that commitment and, and the energy and the, the tactical understanding and the discipline and everything. And everything came together. Ajax were disappointing. And on the subject of Ajax, um, if you listen to our Europa League preview show, you would have heard that bit with um, Kevin Soir from AjaxDaily.com. And as we're recording, he's emailed me saying, just wanted to congratulate you with the Europa League win. Very much deserved. Good luck in the Champions League next season, which is uh, symbolic of, of how nice he was. So thank you very much, Kevin, if, if you've tuned into this one. But Ajax were disappointing. Um, we've Most people may have seen glimpses of them in the Europa League, particularly against Lyon in, in that incredible, I think it was a 4-1 victory in the end, um, in, in, the semi, in the other semi-final. And they were so exciting and so quick and energetic, energetic but that, that public goal sort of took it out of them, despite United sitting back. Um, and a player and their manager came out after and said United weren't playing football. But really, I mean, we stopped you playing football, so it, it doesn't really work like that. Um, just a, a small point. Another good tweet from at Jim Daly said, RIP football punditry, because Phil Neville summed up the evening by saying, they call him the special one. I think he is now the Manchester United one. So um, I, I hope we've brought you better analysis than that. <laughs> I mean, we, we might as well just end the podcast after that. Don't need to say anything else, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think Mourinho certainly endeared himself to the fans a lot last night. It, not, not that he wasn't already, but... I think some people were maybe doubting whether this was the, the right decision of his to kind of pursue the Europa League path, um, but he definitely vindicated that decision, and it, the emotion that he displayed at the end wasn't something you see too often from Mourinho, so it was very nice to see that. Um, but yeah, on, on Ajax, I was, I was disappointed with them as well. I think maybe the occasion got to them, but um, whatever it was, they definitely weren't as impressive as, as they have been in, in recent games. Like I said, I've kind of seen glimpses of them mainly in the Europa League this season and they've impressed me a lot. Um, but a lot of their young stars, like Dol- especially Dolberg, I mean, I could probably t- count the touches he had of the ball on, on one hand. Um, especially in the first half, he almost almost didn't have a, have a touch at all. The, the only people that did really impress me in the Ajax team were the two centre-backs, Sanchez 
who was the unfortunate player whose Pogba shot obviously deflected off, uh, and Matthias De Ligt as well. He was exceptional, 17-year-old, uh, and they both shackled Marcus Rashford pretty well, I have to say. So those two impressed me, but yeah, the rest of Ajax disappointed me quite a lot. I expected bigger things from them. Yeah, I mean, a combined age of, of 37 in that those two centre-back partnerships, which is, I think that's that's one year older than Michael Carrick. But yeah, I was really impressed by Sanchez. I, I remember I once um, I once spent my the early mornings, uh, roughly 3 a.m. or, or 2 a.m., watching Colombia's under-20 side at the Under-20 World Cup. And Davinson Sanchez were playing there and absolutely destroyed everyone he came up against. And he, he had interest from Barcelona and he... He ended up signing for Ajax, might still go to Barcelona. But yeah, he he was a great player. Um, he played well. I can't remember which play it was, but I saw something on Twitter about United sort of didn't allow that much time on the ball for every player except this one Ajax player who was less confident on the ball, which and they just kept giving the ball away. So a, a very small sort of uh, tactical point, um, not one that I spotted, one that someone else spotted, but something that sort of earned United the ball back without having to do too much work. Um, and yeah, everything just came together. And I mean, only Mourinho could could have a, a disappointing season and have two trophies and be in the Champions League. And it, it's only the sixth time in, in 139 years of history that we've won two or more trophies in a season, which is sort of, I mean, that's that's how Mourinho works, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. I mean, was it now 12... 12 wins from 14 finals, I think. That's a crazy yeah. stat, honestly. And then I tweeted this last night just after the final finish. Whatever, whatever you think about Mourinho, whatever you think of his style of play, I, I, when he needs to get the job done, he knows how to get it done. And that record in finals is absolutely crazy. And it's not something that many managers can lay claim to, a, a kind of record like that. Still, I think if you, if you need a victory in one game, Mourinho is still very near the top of the list of managers that you would turn to 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 take charge of your team just for a single game because he is he is the arch pragmatist and he will do whatever it takes to to try and get the job done and that's what that's what he's managed to do throughout his career and he's proved that yet again this season. I mean, it, how crazy is it to think that we've had, by all accounts, a very disappointing season, finished sixth in the league, lower even than, than we did last season. And yet we've ended the season with three trophies, and we're back in the Champions League. It, I mean, he just has a has a knack for winning silverware and, and managing to to win the important games that he needs to in order to to achieve his goals. On Wednesday night, he even convinced my mum, who is a a sort of she she doesn't hate Mourinho. It's just she was very sort of frustrated by his sort of grim outlook on on life in press conferences for the last eight months or so. And even she was was delighted and sort of w- was loving watching him roll on the floor with his son in celebration, which was a, a brilliant moment. Just a, a final point before we go on to some questions. Uh, fair play to, to Manchester City, who tweeted at the final whistle at a City United after yeah. Monday's terrible attack. I mean, United and City have now now come together to donate one million um, pounds in a in a We Love Manchester emergency fund to the victims. Which uh, it was at two million United and City came together to donate another million, taking it through to three million, which is brilliant. And it's really nice to see the the two clubs come together like that and sort of display that that real unity. Um, and yeah, I mean, some City fans were even cheering United on, and some Liverpool fans. It was a 
we went from sort of on Sunday evening, no one wanting us to win, to some people wanting us to to show what Manchester as a as a city is capable of. It was it was strange, um, but I mean, I suppose we all wish it wasn't that way after all. Right, we've got a, a couple of questions. We've already answered one on United and Mourinho's style of play and whether that will change. From at Ronaldo, Colin asks, do you think Smalling has saved his United career with the performance yesterday or will he still be sold? I think he's definitely made a stronger possibility that he might stay. But I think if the right offer comes in, and especially if we go out and sign a centre-back, which I expect us to do this summer, then I think if the right offer comes in, I think he will, he'll still be allowed to let go. But I, I definitely don't think he's done his chances any harm by his performance yesterday. It's definitely his best performance this season, and he certainly did his chances of staying a lot of good yesterday. Yeah, I mean, I, I would make him the first sale of, of the summer, but he, yeah. He, he put in a good performance, but that's not the back line we want in future. Um, and it would free up space for a couple more games for Axel Twanzebe who was also in enjoying the celebrations. It was great to see Twan Zebeer, Joel Pereira, Fosu Mensah was loving it with Paul Pogba. Um, and yeah, as you said earlier, there's just a real unity about the squad. So yeah, I'd still sell Smalling, but he did put in a, a very good performance for probably the first time this season. Last question from Alex Turk. He says, how far can you realistically see Man United going in next season's Champions League and what's needed to avoid another group stage exit? I actually saw someone tweet earlier, which teams do you want in the group? And I said, Juventus or Real Madrid with Ajax and maybe Roma or another big team or RB Leipzig. I would love to have a a group of Real Madrid, Barcelona, Bayern Munich just to have some big games again and have some brilliant nights at Old Trafford under the floodlights with the Champions League theme tune going. Yeah, I would love to get a real big name from Pot 1, honestly, I think. Old Trafford needs some of those big nights back. I, I personally, I, I would love to to get Real Madrid, you know, give a chance for Ronaldo to come back to Old Trafford again. Um, he's only managed to do once since he since he left. I think that would be great. Any any kind of big team from from Pot One, I would enjoy it just so we can have a great night back at Old Trafford. Um, then I'd I'd wish for two not so good teams, I guess, from Pot Three and Pot Four, um, just because ultimately, you know, this isn't this is about trying to get as far in the competition as possible and trying to make qualification as easy as possible. I mean, the, the main thing also that you just really don't want, you don't want any any trips that are too long, so preferably no teams from Russia as well. There's two pot one teams who would have a, a long journey, I think maybe, maybe, I can't remember who it is, Shakhtar Donetsk maybe, two long journey pot one trips. But yeah, hopefully we get Real Madrid, Juventus, um, or, or Bayern Munich or, or someone big because... We've missed those nights. Um, yeah, I, I, we played the the Champions League theme tune after after the celebrations had died down, and he couldn't wipe the smile mm-hmm. off my face. Um, how far do you think we? How, how far do you think we'll go? Well, I mean, it it would be. I think quarter final would be fantastic. Um, honestly, without some some major changes to the squad, we could very easily get utterly whipped by by some other top teams. Um, but with investment, with the potential of Antoine Griezmann, though I'm not going to get excited about that yet. I'm going <laughs> to gonna hold back on that because um, I don't want another another ridiculous Wesley Schneider transfer or Nicholas Gaetan or Nicholas Osamendi. And yeah, the list goes yeah. on. Or, or Thiago or, or Tony Cruz. Sergio Ramos. Yeah, yeah, yeah there we go. <laughs> um, yeah, 
but with some with some proper investment and a a good preseason, we've got eight preseason games now. Another one's just been announced at the Aviva against Sampdoria. With a with a really good preseason, there's no summer international tournament. I think we can do well in the Champions League. But at the same time, it, it Premier League and Champions League. Which one? Which one are you going for? I think the. The most, I would say, realistically, for the Champions League, as you said, quarterfinals would be, would be great. Um, if we ended up finishing second in our group, I think we would struggle to get past a team like Bayern Munich or Real Madrid or Juventus if we got drawn against them in the last sixteen. But I, the first thing is just to get out of the group, and then from there, over two legs, anything can happen. I, quarterfinals would be great. I'd be very happy with, with the quarterfinals, but as you said, it would take a, a good amount of investment I think it, it will be interesting to see how we cope with the Champions League next season but we've done it with the Europa League this season and it affected our league form quite quite a lot but I think we did you know we we have a big enough squad that we were able to to rotate it and players weren't feeling the effects too much but it also it also depends how far we go in other competitions as well because part of the reason why our hectic our schedule was so hectic this season was obviously because not only did we go far in the Europa League, we made it to the final of the, of the League Cup, the semi-finals of the FA Cup. So it, that that made it even even worse. So it just depends how far we go in other competitions too. Yep. Right. That's all we have time for on on this Europa League review special of the Manchester United Weekly Podcast. We'll be back in uh, in probably a week or so with a with a full season review, which will will now be much more positive than it could have been had we lost on Wednesday night. We'll be talking Premier League performance, players of the season, young player of the season, everything like that. And hopefully we'll also have a separate episode on, on an academy season review. So under 18s, under 23s, bit of under 16s as well and, and some transfer news on that front. There has been some youth news this week. We're not going to give it to you right now. There's been some international call-ups to so just look around on Twitter for them. But yeah, we'll be back with, with plenty of content during the summer. The, the next thing to come is a, is a season review. Right, thank you as always for tuning in to the Manchester United Weekly Podcast. This was the Europa League review special after a fantastic night in Stockholm. It came two days after a gut-wrenching, heartbreaking attack at the very heart of Manchester. Manchester has come together. Manchester is united. To donate to the fund for the victims of that horrendous attack, just type in We Love Manchester Emergency Fund into Google. It's been a sad week. Manchester, to me, is united. It's, it's Sammy Platts on a match day. It's, uh, it's the Cortinas and Blossoms, Oasis, the Smith, Morrissey's Mar, Joy Division. It's the Reds, like me, and, and it's the Blues. As football fans, we'll hate each other on the pitch, but off it, it's, it's the same love of the, of the same thing, the same passion for football and, and sport and, and for Manchester. It's not the place I've grown up in, but it's the place that's like a, a second home and the place I dream of living in the future. Some coward in a suicide vest won't change a thing. Have a great week, everyone. Stay safe. Goodbye. Network.